Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Retire Simply Podcast. I'm Scott Winstead, and you've got just me this week. We are back bringing you all things retirement related. Angela is actually out right now. Um, So I thought I'd jump on here and share with you um, a story that happened uh, toward the end of last week. Uh, with a potential client that came in and it kind of um, hit me that I probably should do a podcast episode on this because I get this sort of uh, exchange conversation, if you will, um, a lot with folks, especially in our area. You know, we live in an area where um, I would say is probably more affluent than most parts of the country, kind of being in Northeast Tarrant County in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And, um, you know, a lot of folks in the area, especially the ones that come and visit with us, have done a a, a good job of saving for their retirement. Maybe they've got, you know, somewhere between, you know, half a million to, you know, upwards of four or five plus million dollars saved for retirement. They've uh, worked hard their whole life. Um, They're possibly having a pension or, you know, social security, good amounts for that. And, you know, they, they live really well within their means. You know, they don't spend a whole lot of money um, and don't plan to spend a whole lot of money in retirement. Maybe they want to, you know, uh, take one or two big trips uh, each year uh, but even now I'm finding, I think with COVID that a lot of people aren't even sure they want to be traveling that much anymore. So where they thought they were going to have all these kind of, you know, European vacations and, and going all over the world, I think uh, for a lot of folks that that goal has changed a little bit. And, you know, it it puts people in a position that I think is both a good thing and can kind of be a a bad thing if you're not um, prepared for what income looks like in retirement for yourself. And so, uh, this couple came in great couple, super nice. Um, you know, she was a, or is a stay at home mom. The kids are now grown house is paid off. Um, you know, they live on about $120,000 a year. Um, that's pretty much what they spend. And that gives them the lifestyle that they want. Um, They don't have any real debt. Like I said, house is paid off. Cars are paid off. Kids are off the payroll. Uh, You know, college commitments are done. um, No grandkids yet. So, um, you know, life's really, I think, simple and good for them. And uh, the gentleman is looking to retire in the next couple of years. Um, And they told me, hey, Scott, we just want like, you know, $100,000, $120,000 a year. We think that gets it done about $10,000 a month. Um, and I think we'll be just fine. And that gives us, you know, the ability to, to do all the things we want to do. So we kind of started having this conversation and walking through what their goals were. And, you know, um, you know, they want to be able to have a, a, a place, you know, maybe in the mountains somewhere that they go when these hot Texas summers come. But overall, you know, nothing too too extravagant or out of the ordinary, very, very typical of folks that we typically visit with. So we started kind of talking about, well, what have you been able to save to this point? Tell me about your social security. Tell me about your, um, you know, pensions, if you have any, tell me about the retirement accounts you've been able to save in. 
And so the conversation unfolded where, believe it or not, this gentleman um, had uh, or has a really good pension that will give him about $100,000 a year. So I know that's not typical, maybe for you listening. Um, but, you know, I would say probably uh, you might have some sort of pension. Um, the reason his was so high is, uh, he's, he is a pilot. So he has, um, a really good benefit plan, um, from that. So about a hundred thousand dollars. Now, remember he only, they only want to spend about 120,000 a year, uh, social security last time, uh, he looked at it. He thought, well, maybe I'll wait till age 70, um, to take it. That would give me about $4,000 a month. So there you go. Another $48,000 for him. Plus um, about another twenty-five to twenty-seven thousand dollars as a spousal benefit for her. So now we're sitting here saying, okay, well now I've got uh, you know about a hundred and call it sixty-eight thousand dollars between pension and Social Security plus that twenty. So now I'm pushing up to the one ninety mark, almost a two hundred thousand dollar mark. So as the conversation kept unfolding, you know, he said, hey, I think I'm completely fine for retirement. I don't see anything really out of the ordinary. I think we're going to be able to do all the things we do. I'm not concerned about running out of money. And I completely agreed with that. You know, I said, yeah, you guys have done a great job. You know, you don't need me to sit here and tell you that you're going to be just fine and, and not run out. Um, I said, but what have you been able to save for retirement thus far in your retirement accounts? And he'd been able to save close um, to a little over $2 million. So for round numbers, for the purposes of, of today, let's just say about $2 million in, in a 401k plan. So again, great job of saving, very typical of, of kind of uh, what we see in this area for folks um, looking to retire. And um, so we started talking and I said, well, you know, at age 72 for your mandatory distribution, you're going to have some um, money that has to come out of there. And I said, let's just make the math simple. I said, let's say you got to take out 4% for that mandatory distribution that the IRS is going to make you take out. So 4% on 2 million bucks is about 80,000. So between pensions and social securities, we were pushing about 200,000. Then when these RMDs uh, come, let's say another 80,000. Now this, this couple was still in their uh, mid to late 50s. So we would assume that that $2 million is probably going to grow quite a bit between now and then. But I said, let's just assume it doesn't grow. Let's just say you get you stay at $2 million. So now you're pushing upwards of $300,000 of income. And um, they both just kind of stared at me for a second. And uh, they said, well, yeah, I guess you're right. We never really thought about um, we're going to have that much income pretty close to the salary that I'm making right now as a pilot. And so I just kind of asked a very simple question. I said, you know, your lifestyle dictates that you guys only want to spend about 120000 You live well within your means. Um, everything's paid off. Uh, you don't have any major debts. You're not looking to make any massive purchases. Um, so, you know, what are you going to do with all this extra money when it comes in? And there was a long pause and they said, well, we don't really know. And so that kind of led to a, a, a nice discussion and conversation about planning and understanding that when we're talking about planning, we're not just talking about, are you going to run out or are you not going to run out? Or what happens if you become sick? What happens if you become in, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, those things matter. But for a lot of folks, it's, 
well, what do I do with this extra money that comes in uh, and is forced upon me that I'm going to have to pay the IRS taxes on and, and all that? And, and, and then where do I put it? And I have that conversation, believe it or not, um, with a lot of folks quite often. Um, and I think that area of retirement planning sometimes goes unaddressed, especially when most folks, if they're working with a financial planner, they're working with a, an investment person, it's all about grow, 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 right? Yeah. How big can I get my accounts? Am I making any money? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of this just, Hey, I just want to get these accounts as big as possible. Um, but most people are growing their money in some sort of taxable account. Uh, most of the time they're growing it in a 401k or an IRA where you're going to have these forced mandatory distributions. And if you're not using that money, it can be very, very difficult to start to think about, well, where do I then put it when the IRS makes me start taking all of this income? And the, the thing is, we, we can definitely make it easy and find places to put it where you'll pay taxes again on the money. But it, it does become quite, quite difficult when you start strategizing and say, well, I really don't want to have to keep paying tax on this same dollar over and over again. Because what most people do, and this is what the couple kind of looked at me and they eventually came to the conclusion of, they said, well, I guess we'll just, um, we'll just reinvest it because we don't need it. Um, they said, you know, the bank doesn't pay us anything. We're not going to put it in there. And, um, you know, we're not going to just frivolously go spend a bunch of money. So I guess we'll just reinvest it. And that's actually the answer I get from most people is, okay, I'll just stick it into an account and I'll reinvest it. And when you think about that in terms of kind of a surface level, that sounds like not a bad idea. Well, I'll try to go earn more than what the bank gives me. But when you actually kind of unpack that a little bit and dig down into that, what you start to realize from a tax perspective, that might not be the best idea. For instance, you have an account that forces you to take $80,000 out, let's say in my example, you're going to pay some income tax on that. Let's say it's going to be, you know, 22%, 25%, depending on where the rates are. You're going to pay tax on that money. Then you're going to go stick it into an account and you're going to invest that money. And then when that money starts to generate gains in the account, whether that's through dividends or capital gains or, or you know, whatever growth on the account, you're going to start paying tax on the gains and the growth again. So that, that same dollar that caused tax heartburn for you when it came out of the 401k or the IRA causes more tax heartburn when you go put it into an investment account or a joint account or an individual account. And that's the hamster wheel that the IRS is really hoping you'll jump on. They want you to just keep generating taxes and taxes and taxes so that they can keep taxing you, taxing you, and taxing you. And so we started to have a, a really great conversation of some of the solutions. And believe it or not, there's not a ton of solutions out there for that type of scenario. Um, so we talked about three different solutions for that. Number one, 
you could try to do a lot of, uh, and we've talked extensively about this over our podcast episodes, but you could try to do a, a lot of what we call Roth conversions. So turning your taxable dollars in IRAs and 401ks into tax-free dollars, Roth IRAs and 401ks. So you could start to be able to convert that money. So that's one solution because once the money then gets over to your tax-free account, um, you're not paying taxes anymore on the growth or the withdrawal. So there, that's one solution. Second solution you could look at um, is more of a charitable giving solution. So what does that look like? Well, you can donate money that comes out for your RMD, um, that mandatory distribution at 72. You can donate that money to a charity right away. Um, it's called a qualified charitable donation, um, in which case you wouldn't have to pay any tax on your mandatory distribution. Now, most people don't love the idea of just giving away, in this example, $80,000 a year. Yeah, they want to give some money to charity, but they don't want to give that much. Um, you could look at another charitable gifting strategy that we talked about a lot, um, that we help folks with a lot, called a donor advised fund, um, where you're putting money into a, a investment account. Um, the money that's in that account is going to go to charities, um, whenever you see fit. But when you do that, you generate a tax deduction, which is really nice. And, um, as that money grows inside of the donor advised fund, you don't pay any taxes on that money. So again, solution number two, the third solution I think though, becomes really overlooked a lot of the time. And I think it's just because um, this solution doesn't quite grab people's attention and they, they don't really know all the benefits of this type of solution. And so the third solution where you can put money and have it grow tax-free and take it out tax-free and pass it on to your family tax-free is actually looking at permanent life insurance. And most people, when they come in and visit with us, they don't need life insurance because you know, they still have a big mortgage and the kids are going to have to go to college and all that. They don't need it from a protection standpoint. But a lot of folks need to look at this tool from more of a tax planning solution, a place to put money where you're all done with the IRS that not only gives you living benefits if you qualify, but also gives you estate planning benefits. Um, this particular couple that I've been mentioning, they just told me, well, we think we have enough money to, to pay for our long-term care. So we're going to self-insure. And I agreed with that. I said, you ab absolutely have plenty of money to do that. But what if we could set up a place that when this money comes out, that's forced upon you, you could put it into a life insurance policy that would do a bunch of different things for you. Number one, it would give you, um, a legacy for your family if in the event that you or when you pass away. So that's number one. Um, and that's a tax-free benefit. Number two, if you need long-term care, maybe you will, maybe you won't. But, you know, for a married couple, there's about a 76% chance someone's going to need something over the years. Um, wouldn't it be nice that maybe you could use some of the money from the insurance policy to pay for your long-term care needs? Again, you can access that money tax-free. You also can access the cash value inside of the life insurance policy. Think of that just like money inside of the life insurance policy that allows you to uh, use the money while you're alive for anything you want tax-free. And you know, and I know that the mandatory distribution has to come out each year. So making the premium payments for the life insurance isn't going to be that difficult because we know the money's going to have to come out. And it's going to have to have some place to land. It's going to have to have some place to go. And those were really the three main solutions that we discussed. And, 
you know, one of the things I love so much about um, uh, this profession and, and, you know, being able to help folks uh, that Angela and I get to do all, all day, every day is it's really great when you start to see the light bulb go on for folks. And it's like, hey, that really makes sense. Um, you know, no one's ever really shared that with me. Um, yeah, let's take a look at that. And so, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at some of these solutions. So if you're listening and you're in that situation where you feel like, hey, you know, at some point between Social Security, maybe a pension from work and my mandatory distributions, we're going to have more than what we're going to spend throughout retirement. I'd encourage you to start to think about, okay, well, where is the money going to go and how am I going to minimize, you know, being taxed on this money over and over again by the IRS? Uh, As I mentioned, I think it's a very important area of planning that a lot of times goes um, I think unaddressed. And so if you have questions around that, we'd love to help you with it. Feel free to give the office a call, set up time to chat with us. Uh, that number is 817-328-6152. That's 817-328-6152. Um, so give that some thought. You want to have that in preparation and in preparing for retirement. Um, you've heard us say it a lot, you know, the cost of insurance and these types of tools, they only get more and more expensive the older you get and uh, as your health maybe, you know, starts to decline a little bit. So looking at getting this set up earlier is usually better for yourself. Um, there's a lot more benefits that we'll talk later on about insurances and charitable planning and all of that. But I wanted to just share that story because it, it, it kind of dawned on me, you know, this is a, a the type of scenario that we see and we get to visit with folks all the time that we see a lot. And if um, a lot of folks are having that, you might be having that too. So if we can lend a hand, we'd love to. Uh, Feel free to give that office a call and we'll go from there. If not, have a great, great rest of the week. And Angela and I will be back with you next week talking all things retirement planning. Have a good one. Bye-bye. This has been another week of Retire Simply. Thanks for listening. And remember, anyone can save money, and just as easily anyone can run out of money. But it takes skill and a plan to take what you've saved and not run out. If you want to listen to more episodes or learn more about Compass Retirement, go to compassretirement.com. That's compass with two S's, retirement.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to tell a friend. They're probably a lot like you and would enjoy it too. Compass Retirement is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Compass Retirement, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Compass Retirement, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Compass Retirement, Inc. Hypothetical examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only.
It does not represent a real-life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.